Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program. Let's get started. Turn up the volume and spice up that eggnog. This is a full-blown floral alarm holiday emergency here. It's not Santa coming to town. Oh, oh, no. I think you're confusing him with Santa Claus. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Truth Hurts program for Friday, December the 17th, 2021. I am your host, Steve Z, the mild-mannered sayer of things that are true, teller of the truth, revealer of those things the mainstream leftist media and the Democrats don't want you to know about. We are now only eight days away from Christmas 2021, and at the current rate of inflation, along with empty shelves, It is said that this Christmas will be one of the most expensive, by comparison, in the last 60-plus years. Interest rates are getting ready to go through the roof. And, of course, if gropey Joe Biden's so-called Build Back Blunder, uh, Build Back Better Blunder, happens to find its way through passing Congress and onto gropey Joe Biden's desk, things will only get infinitely worse. I want to take a departure for just a moment and explain to you the tax system in the United States of America. And before I do that, there are groups out there once again saying that the rich aren't paying their fair share. Well, I've got a breakdown for you here on the Truth Hurts program, and I think you'll appreciate this. If you were fortunate enough to earn $1 million last year in income, and there were no such things as tax loopholes, tax shelters, no hiding of assets in foreign accounts, no different places and and tax dodges out there. Simple math, not the falsely accused racist math, but the real, actual, factual, scientific calculations that comprise mathematics, you would learn very quickly that you would have to pay the federal government $370,000 under the current Donald Trump tax code that's still in effect. That means well over one-third of your money would go directly to Washington, D.C. in federal income taxes. And if you're one of the unfortunate who live in the state of New York, an additional 8.82% of your income would go to federal taxes. That equates to 88,200 on top of the 370,000 you'd be paying Uncle Sam. And if you happen to be one of those poor schlubs who lives in the Big Apple, New York City proper, your income tax rate, yes, your city of New York income tax on that $1 million that you earned would eat up an additional $38,760. All in all, the total income tax alone for a single person living in the city of New York, in the state of New York, in the United States of America, that person who earns $1 million a year in income would pay $496,960 which is just $3,000 shy of half your yearly earnings. Think about that. You go to work, you succeed, you excel, you get promoted, you finally have a great year. You're able to call your mom and say, Mom, I finally did it. I made a million dollars this year. Then the government swoops in and takes half of it away from you. Half. Now let's contrast this with a person living in New York City who earns a basic minimal income of $12,000 a year. They make $1,000 a month. Very minimal income. That individual, without any tax loopholes, no tax shelters, no tax breaks, would be paying 
3.078% in city income tax, which equates to $453.60. They'd also be paying a state income tax at 4%, which would equate to $480, and a federal income tax of 12%, which would equate to $1,440. The total, without any loopholes, tax shelters, diversion programs, any of those giveaway programs to the so-called poor, would be a tax burden of $2,373.60, which equates to 19.78% of their income. In America, at this present day and time, the lowest paid individuals pay the lowest percentage of income tax and the lowest total dollars in income tax. And in America, in this day and age, the highest paid individuals pay the highest percentage of income tax. Now that on its face seems fair. But for the soak the rich crowd, well, it's not good enough. The soak the rich crowd somehow believes that it is more fair to take more than half of one person's income and more fair to have the people at the bottom of the income bracket pay zero, nothing at all. Somehow in their twisted, sick, progressive, woke math mentality, they think it's not enough to be taking half from the rich guy, as they call him. They don't take into consideration the expenses that the rich guy might have compared to the so-called poor guy. Nope. They just want the rich guy to pay, pay, pay until he has only enough money left at the end of his year to be equal to the poor guy. That redistribution, that Barack Hussein Obama spread the wealth around mentality is what drives successful, wealthy people out of the United States and into other countries. The net result, of course, is the United States makes zero income tax on those individuals. Zero. Now consider this. The average so-called poor person is far more likely to use public schools, public parks, public transportation, public sidewalks, public playgrounds, public libraries, public medical services, and of course, the police, the fire, the EMS, and they're protected by the same military as the rich person keeping invaders out, foreign and domestic, except, with the big asterisk on it, those illegal trespassing invaders at the southern border whom Joe Biden rolls out the welcome mat for. The so-called poor people benefit greatly, much more so than the rich, from government handouts, welfare, Social Security, WIC, all of those other giveaways and handouts, as well as other services, like free childcare and free this and free that. They use much more tax money and services than the rich person does, and a far greater percentage of tax dollar related services go to the poor than the rich. On the other hand, the so-called rich person is not likely to use public schools, public transportation, public parks and playgrounds and libraries. They're less likely to need medical, fire or police or EMS services. They generally live in better communities because they can afford to do so. The so-called rich pay a much higher tax burden, both by percentage and by total dollars than the so-called poor person. Now listen, I wouldn't trade this $1 million annual salary for the $12,000 annual salary of the so-called poor. Let's be clear on that issue. But taking one half of this million dollar income and simply spreading it around to poor people's services is not the answer. The more and the longer we subsidize the so-called poor, with freebies and handouts and government tits to suck on, the pandering, the begging, the robbing and the stealing 
will only continue to grow. Why? Simple human nature. Jealousy, envy, desire, greed. That coupled with a Democrat current culture and an accomplice media constantly trying to push a false narrative that promotes and exacerbates the gap between the hardworking so-called rich and the non-working lazy so-called poor, the worse the issue will become and for a much longer period of time. The media, as well as the Democrats, have a mission. That mission is quite simple. This is not hyperbole, as gropey Joe Biden continues to say, as if he just learned that word this week and likes to show it off. This is reality. The goal, the focus of the media and the Democrats, their mission is to destroy the democracy, destroy capitalism, destroy America as we know it, to usher in socialism, Marxism, communism, or Biden-Harrisism at any cost, pitting the rich against the poor, the blacks against the whites, the haves against the have-nots, the enjoyment that the media has in promoting jealousy, envy, and greed is what the driving factor is in destroying our country. And now it's black versus white in every possible situation they can apply it to. Rich versus poor, D versus R, working versus lazy, gay versus straight, anything to tear down the American way of life. The Democrats, their willing partners in the mainstream leftist slimeball woke media have set out on a propaganda campaign against the majority occupants of our nation. If you're white, you're evil. If you're white, you're racist. If you're white, you must have privilege. If you're white, you must be rich, and you must have done it on the backs of some poor black slave. Of course, they won't tell you the truth about slavery. I've gone over it so many times on the program, and I don't want to do it again. Blacks sold blacks into slavery, period. It was a free, open slave trade. It was legal commerce. A very few wealthy white guys and some wealthy black guys bought some of those slaves, but by no means did every white American ever own a slave. And by no means did every black person in this country become a slave. Nothing is beyond the realm of believability in these new woke progressive times. They will literally do anything to destroy white America and you can't even say white America because then it's suddenly racist or bigoted. But old black America is okay to say, right? To hell with anyone who opposes the media. To hell with anyone who opposes the Democrats. They will literally destroy any opposition to their thought process, either by demonizing them for their race, their religion, their job, their success, their neighborhood, or the media will simply make up things about those who oppose them. Phony dossiers, fake news, false narratives, untrue allegations, unreal accusations. Nothing at all is beyond the realm of possibility for these woke, progressive, Democrat people who found a way to poison the American way of life by interjecting the false narrative that there is systemic racism, the phony narrative that it's us against them, and they do it to enrage the dumber half of the country so that they continue to get voted in. Of course, character assassination is their weapon of choice. If you're white and you do or say anything that goes against a single one of the progressive, woke, socialist ideas or ideals, they call you a racist. They call you a bigot. They call you a homophobe, a xenophobe. They destroy your name, your reputation, and then they simply leave you there to die. Move on to the next targeted victim. It is the way of things. 
So that guy in New York who worked long hours making good business decisions and smart investments with his few extra dollars a week, who happened to be one of the guys who said, oh, hey, this Bitcoin sounds good. I'll put $200 into it and now has a couple of million. Well, he may have started a business. He may have put many, many people to work who now earn a living and pay taxes. But that guy, according to the leftists, the progressive woke liberals, that guy is one of the evil rich white men who doesn't pay his fair share. Fair share? Share? He's paying one half of every dollar he's earned. And what is he getting out of it from the government? Well, under today's standards, he's getting a far weaker military. Thank you, Joe Biden. He's getting far, far higher fuel costs. Thank you, Joe Biden. He's getting an unprotected southern border with migrant illegal trespassing aliens. Thank you, Joe Biden. He's getting empty shelves to do his Christmas shopping this year and not much on those shelves. Thanks, Joe Biden. He's getting no closer to a country free from the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. Thanks, Joe Biden. He's getting more and more government mandates, rules and regulations shoved down his throat. But he's certainly not making any more money now, is he, Joe Biden? But to people like Joe Biden and those who vote for Joe Biden, goody, we're soaking the rich. Remember, this guy's paying one half of each dollar he earned. Imagine you get a pay raise. You're proud of that pay raise. Let's say you were making 15 bucks an hour and suddenly you get a raise to $20 an hour. Cause for celebration, right? Yeah, not really, because under the Biden tax proposals, that tax code might take as much as half. And now you make 10 instead of 20. Now you make 10 instead of the 15 you made before. Congratulations. This is what is headed our way in the next year if the so-called Build Back Better blunder gets passed. Biden will have no choice but to raise income tax rates on every single American to pay for this boondoggle. Oh, he claims he's not going to charge any more for taxes on people making $400,000 a year or less. That, of course, is a lie. When you consider the price of things has gone up, the taxes associated with those things have gone up. And if you did happen to get a raise, you are now paying more in income taxes, even if the tax rate did not go up for your bracket. They won't tell you that. The media refuses to research the facts, and even if they did, they wouldn't report it. And the sheeple will simply comply, pay the higher prices and the higher taxes, deal with the empty shelves, deal with the massive increases in crime, Thank you, Joe Biden. And of course, much higher prices across the board as inflation and higher interest rates are certainly in your future. And you don't need a crystal ball, my friends. That's not necessary. It's right there on the boob tube in your living room. If you know the right news source to watch to see what is actually happening in real time. Welcome to Biden's vision for America. But you won't find that crystal ball on CNN MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, HLN, CNBC. You won't see it in the New York Slimes, the Chicago whatever Tribune, the San Francisco Chronicle, or any of the other mainstream leftist newspapers. But it's here. You can find it on Newsmax. You can certainly find that information here on the Truth Hurts program. And you can find it in the very few other conservative media outlets that haven't been stifled or dramatically altered in their thought processes towards the left. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
throwing down that, that, that Christmas cheer for all to hear. Steve Z and the True Perks Program. Now, I have mentioned many times here on the Truth Hurts program, it is my firm belief, and probably yours as well, that the Democrats, especially Joe Biden, who counted so heavily on union votes to put him into office, must consult with those union bosses, those pulling his strings before he makes any decisions. Some on the left laughed at me and said, oh, that's not true, he doesn't do that. Well, now the White House considered teachers unions labor disputes before releasing reopening guidance has come to light according to emails. Joe Schaffstahl writes in Fox News, White House officials considered ongoing labor disputes teachers unions were facing before releasing school reopening guidance to the public according to emails. Additionally, White House staffers, you know, those pulling gropey Joe's strings, facilitated a meeting between CDC's director, Rochelle Walensky, and the head of the nation's largest teachers union, the National Education Association's president, Becky Pringle. All of this has come out in emails. The NEA official in that exchange later landed a Biden administration appointment, ironically, to the Department of Health and Human Services, which houses the CDC, according to a press clip from the department. See how it works? You scratch my back, I scratch your butt. You scratch something else, I'll scratch something else. Previously released emails show that teachers unions had influenced the CDC on school reopenings, despite the White House denying such a thing. The guidelines included a phased reopening for K through 12 schools based on coronavirus cases in a certain area. Quote, these emails show time and time again that the White House inserted itself into the shaping of school guidance with a primary focus of accommodating teachers unions. However, the only thing the White House should have been focused on was how to get our children safely back into the classroom, unquote. That came from Kate Sutherland, executive director of Americans for Public Trust. The Americans for Public Trust, or APT, provided emails to the Fox News Channel after obtaining them through an ongoing lawsuit against the CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services, who one of their head members is that freak, Dr. Richard Levine, who thinks he's a woman and calls itself Rachel. In the days leading up to the guidance's public release, a Health and Human Services official told colleagues they had some homework assignments after getting off of a call with the White House, this according to emails. Michael Baker, an HHS official, wrote in a February 8th email, quote, Hey team, just got off a call with the White House and Department of Education regarding the school reopening guidance that is projected to roll out on Friday. We have some homework assignments. The assignments Baker listed were redacted in the emails provided to APT. However, an HHS official provided the full email to Fox News. That HHS official told Fox News, quote, This reflects standard logistical and operational planning around rollouts of new policy, including ensuring that governors, mayors, members of Congress, and stakeholders knew about the updated public health guidance from CDC. Without the redaction, the email shows clearly that the White House was concerned with issues that the teachers' unions faced. 
that were unrelated to the public health experts' determinations regarding school reopenings. One quote referencing Eduardo Cisneros, a White House employee, says, quote, Eduardo is going to connect with AJ on some of the mayor labor union issues that are ongoing across the country. We need to think about this in the broader context of teacher contract negotiations. Another HHS official, A.J. Perlman, responded to Baker's email thanking him for representing the department on the call and alluded to another call where, quote, this is all going to be discussed as well, unquote. Shortly after Baker's assignments message, another email showed that a CDC official expressed frustration with an unidentified person about a heavily redacted topic. Another CDC official on February 11th email exchange attached to a news story regarding a Chicago Teachers Union contract negotiations said it may be the source of, with the rest of that portion redacted. CDC released reopening guidance to the public the very next day on February the 12th. The latest batch of emails further demonstrates the coziness between Walensky, the CDC director, and Pringle, the National Education Association president. Maureen Tracy Mooney is a special assistant to the president for education, and she wrote in a January 31st email, quote, I'm reaching out to introduce you to Carol Johnson from our COVID team. She'd like to set up a meeting with President Pringle for tomorrow with her and CDC director Walensky. Less than an hour later, Johnson responded to an email from Carrie Pugh, who at the time was the senior director of campaigns and elections at the NEA. Johnson wrote, we would welcome the opportunity to hear directly from President Pringle of the NEA and to continue to have the benefit of NEA's insights as we work on reopening schools. Many months after acting as an intermediary between the White House and the NEA, Ms. Pugh left her position at the union and landed a Biden administration appointment as Director of Health and Human Services Office of Intergovernmental and External Affairs, ding, 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 according to an April press release from that department. White House Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates told Fox News, quote, These are all routine emails about logistics and ensuring that local officials, members of Congress, and outside groups of all kinds could be in touch with the proper officials and quickly informed about guidelines when finalized. None of them contain anything substantive about policy. 99% of our schools have now reopened after the president led the way on delivering historic funding to make that a reality, which every Republican in Congress opposed. And he is proud to have done that while ensuring that medical and scientific experts determined our guidance for making it happen. Yeah, sure. APT is still receiving emails after the CDC and HHS admitted it failed to search for incoming exchanges from government accounts. Initially, APT only received outgoing communications. The latest emails come on the heels of previously released communications showing that teachers' unions influenced the school's reopening guidance. Previous reports on emails obtained by APT show the NEA and the American Federation of Teachers, the second largest teachers' union, influenced last-minute changes to school guidance and received copies before their public release. The emails followed a New York Post report showing close coordination between the unions and the CDC. Those emails were finally obtained after lawsuits through the Freedom of Information Act. The Biden administration tightened masking guidance after threats from teachers' unions. 
Who's pulling your strings, gropey Joe Biden? Teachers unions. That's who. We'll be right back. So you might be one of the few Americans who got a pay raise or a little bonus this year, but it's all been flushed down the toilet thanks to gropey Joe Biden, Camel Toe Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chuckles Schumer, and of course, ancient Janet Yellen, along with Jerome Powell. Interest rates are going up. Prices are through the roof in every measurable category. And according to Entrepreneur Magazine, an article out of the Epoch Times, surging inflation could see millions of American households paying $3,500 or more in additional expenses this year. Surging inflation will cost millions of Americans much more than $3,500 in additional expenses this year, according to the Penn Wharton University of Pennsylvania budget model. That analysis was published Wednesday of this week. The PWBM is supposedly a nonpartisan research-based initiative. It estimates that historic levels of inflation will require the average U.S. household to spend about $3,500 more this year in 2021 to achieve the same level of consumption of goods and services as they did when Mr. Donald Trump was president in 2019 and in 2020. Moreover, the PWBM estimates that lower income households spend more of their budget on goods and services that have been more impacted by inflation. They will have to spend roughly 7% more on goods and services, while higher income households will spend less by percentage. PWBM came to the estimates by using the Consumer Expenditure Survey, a nationwide household survey conducted by the Bureau of Labor Statistics as well as the November 2021 Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index to investigate how much price changes increase the expenditures for households at different income levels. They analyzed the increased costs under the assumption that consumption patterns among households would remain the same this year as in 2020 and 2019. In other words, if you have a household with a husband, a wife, and three kids, they're pretty much going to eat about the same as they ate two years ago and last year. If they're going to buy clothing, they're going to probably need to buy clothing at the same rate. But the prices for those items have gone up exponentially, along with rents, along with heating oil costs and electricity costs, along with fuel for the automobile. The report cites the following example. Between November of 2020 and November of 2021, the bottom 20% of our nation spent 309 more dollars on food, 761 more dollars on energy, 476 more dollars on housing, 390 more dollars on other commodities, and 224 more dollars on services. Meanwhile, higher income households did spend a little bit more, but not nearly as high a percentage. This means, based on a 2020 total consumption expenditure data, the bottom 20% of income earners saw their consumption expenditure increase by almost 7% to $2,160 per household, while the top 5% saw an increase of 6% or roughly $7,600 per household, and middle income average American earners saw an increase of 6.8%, roughly $4,351 more this year under Gropey Joe than last year under Donald Trump. Since higher income groups had higher increases in expenditures in all categories, they also saw the bigger increase in total expenditures. 
but because of the variation in the composition of consumption bundles, they found higher income households had smaller percentages of increases on their total expenditures. Therefore, they spent more on services, not on products. On the other hand, lower income households spent relatively more on energy whose price had large increase. And that is hurting the poor Americans worse than it's hurting the not so poor Americans. The federal debt, by the way, in case you're keeping track, is currently $28.9 trillion. And the latest increase to the debt ceiling is the largest in recent history. And it only means that the Bidens now have an extra, what, $2.5 trillion to blow and have no consequences other than higher inflation and, of course, higher interest rates. But they don't care. They've got their millions in the bank, those in Washington, D.C. They really don't care about you, the poor people, until election time. And then they simply blame their own misdeeds, their own poor economic policies, their programs, their procedures. They try to blame that on Republicans. And the stupid people, which obviously comprise almost half of the nation, fall for it each and every time. That's about all the time we have for this afternoon's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day and have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are free speech protected under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics.